This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 248, Nalu Codex 3 Update. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Rhymes, I just realized. Get a little educational rap going for everybody. Is that good? Do you like that, Hunter? Do you like my educational uh, Episode 248, Nalu Code X3 update. Don't do drugs and have some fun. Everybody, you're number one. <laughs> That's great, Matt. It's great that you have no shame, you yeah. know? Yeah. I, I keep thinking you're going to develop shame. No. The shame will, will occur to you. I have a daughter now. I have anti-shame. Like, I'm That's supposed true. to be more and more embarrassing as time goes on. Yeah, yeah. We're definitely on that long, slow march towards (laughs) ultimate anti-embarrassment, Matt, that has no ability to do it, you know? How much do you think you're going to embarrass Molly when she's older? You know what I mean? Like, I look forward to being the parent that picks her up and drops her off from school. She's going to beg to to ride the school bus. She will beg me (laughs) to ride the school bus. (laughs) And, and you're just gonna pull up and be like, "Hi, I'm board yeah. game dad." Because here's tell the thing. everyone about the board game. Exactly. Here's the thing: is nothing as of right now. There's no plan for my the fact that I work from home to change. And like, yeah, there we you and I rarely have to like do anything at a specific time, which means my mornings are wide open. Oh my god! For hijinks be... or whatever, I can do whatever. Right. Right. So when when Molly starts going to school, she's being chaperoned every day yeah. by the daddy wagon. Like every day, the in daddy costume, wagon. I'm gonna start getting into like Renaissance fairs and like we'll do that or something. I don't know anything. You legitimately strike me as someone that could unironically enjoy a ren fair. Oh for sure. Like, legitimately. Oh, for sure. You're a, just a, out there eating. A, Hunter, Hunter, I think you could enjoy it. You and I are both connoisseurs of the Silver Dollar City, and that's only a couple oh, centuries off from a renaissance You're right. Fair. Silver Dollar City is basically a ren fair. Yeah. yeah, like it's like lumber punk is like how I would describe Silver Dollar City. It's lumber punk. Oh, my God. That's a, that's a really good joke for yeah. just people in a region <laughs> for, that, for the that I can see people. on the map. Do not listen to the show. Yeah, you exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like six people, and I know them all by name, basically. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, we have some huge announcements to get to, actually, too. We're, we're lollygagging here because there's just, like, the craziest stuff in the world to talk about today, Hunter. Yeah, crazy stuff. Uh, crazy. What, 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 what? What's crazy? Well, what's crazy is... Yeah, y'all ever heard of that there dream hack? You ever heard of the Electronic Sporting League, the ESL? I want to say for the record, I hadn't heard of it. Really? So take that dream hack. I didn't well, know what it was. I had no idea what it was. Okay. I've watched dream hacks since like 2010 or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So what dream uh, hacks did you watch? Did you, you, you somehow never mentioned this to me? That's crazy. Old, Star- old StarCraft Two stuff. Old StarCraft Two tournaments. Uh, you used to see them at DreamHack. So that's that's what I used to get huh. down on. Huh? You used to get down on that. Mm-hmm. That used to be something you'd get down with. Wow, mm-hmm. that's wild. I, you learn something new about you every day. Yeah. You know. Well, that's what uh, I say. well, that, that we are that now. Now people can get down on us being at 
yonder dream hack because that's that's what's happening uh this weekend and next weekend there are two events uh the first being called dream hack beyond it is a new virtual event by DreamHack, and we have been asked to take part in it. It's kind of a hype builder for next the the following weekend's DreamHack Dallas, which is an in-person event. But DreamHack Beyond, we are doing four streams this weekend with a bunch of weird bears. We've collected current and former weird bears, and we are doing a celebration of tournaments past and uh, present. Uh, each game is recreating the draft and finals map from a previous tournament game. And uh, those are all this weekend, four different games from Friday through Monday. Yeah, um, it's it's a really exciting uh, opportunity that we've been given by DreamHack. We're really excited about the potential for Twilight Imperium to officially become esports. <laughs> we did start joking about Twilight Imperium becoming esports a couple months ago. Yeah, generally things that we joke about on the show become reality. It's kind of a strange monkey paw curse. Yep. Yeah, I will be careful really about the things that I joke about in the future because it seems <laughs> like jokes become real on this show. Um, so we will see if TI yeah. can officially become esports. I feel like DreamHack decides will help decide what is esports and what is not esports. Yeah. Yeah. And if they think it's an esport, then by by gosh darn it, I don't want to correct them. Yeah, who are we to disagree? So we got four games coming up, uh, and that is at Friday at sixteen hundred UTC, Saturday at thirteen hundred UTC, Sunday at fourteen hundred UTC, and Monday at 1900 UTC. That is, of course, this coming weekend, uh, May 27th through May 30th. So please keep an eye out for those. Uh, we will be doing, there will be like giveaways in the Twitch chat during those. Like if you live somewhat near Dallas and want to go to the IRL event as well, they'll be doing giveaways for tickets for that. There'll be other stuff too. There's like a whole app and stuff. I, I don't know. There's a lot of things you can do to take part in that event, but that all leads up to then the following weekend, we will be in person at DreamHack Dallas, June 4th at 1500 UTC, that's 10 a.m. Central, we will be streaming a game live from DreamHack. It'll be our first like full in-person game since uh, Gen Con 2019. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been a while. Yeah, um, or I mean, you can sort of count the holiday spectaculars sort of. if you want to. I don't count them. They're trash. We'll never do them again. They are over. <laughs> this is a uh, surprise announcement. Yeah. The holidays are done. Um, I Matt, you kind of glazed over the DreamHack Beyond event. I wanted to maybe let people know like what exactly they, they can expect from these games. Is that chill? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so, for, so what we're doing is there's four games. Yeah. And we've had four tournaments. Um, so in order... Starting with the first game, which is on Friday at 1600 UTC, we're going to be doing a flashback game to the 2019 Tournament 1 SCPT Tournament Rules, uh, which of course involved uh, a lot of really nebulous, kind of overly complicated <laughs> yeah. draft stuff. Um, well, there was and, a player... Oh, yeah, go ahead. It, it, the, the numbers have to be adjusted for POK, too, so it makes even less sense now. Like, it maybe made a tiny amount of sense when we had, uh, like, 17 factions, but now the numbers don't even make sense, but we're still doing it the way we did it before, basically. Yeah, um, and then on Saturday at 1300, that means we're going to be doing Tournament 2 Rules, uh, which is uh, the 2020 tournament, uh, which was what? That, like was a a, that was a ban and then, like, draft phase where the map, where Speaker Token was tied to it, 
and we designed the maps with the intent that like one slice would be worse but would very likely get round one speaker and yes. one slice would probably be the worst the best one but would be like last pick in in round one or whatever yeah very weird very specific system on that one um and then of course uh the sunday 1400 utc game will of course be a flashback to tournament three aka tournament 2021 uh rule set which is you know the most similar to what we have going on now yeah for the which of course you know those all sound pretty interesting but then that leaves the monday 1900 utc mm -hmm. game what is that supposed to be how are we supposed to be excited about that matt we're just playing <laughs> a tournament game yeah like normal no you have anything you want to announce with that so uh monday's game will be the reveal of the semis slices we will do a semi-final draft on monday uh wow. with, with six uh weird bears so please get excited to see the semi-final map reveal monday at 1900 utc to go along with all of this tournament celebration yeah so those are the four games i feel like they'll each have something special uh for you it's a really interesting uh group of players a lot of really fun people i love of course the weird bears are my favorite people in the world and this is kind of for those of you that have never um gotten involved in the the weird bear tier this is just kind of a sampling of the random stuff we might throw your way yeah um and and also there these are current and and previous weird bears right we consider it whenever you're a weird bear we consider you a weird bear for life basically yeah, yeah you're a lifelong member when you when you join up even for just one month you, you right. we keep you around if if you'll have if you'll let us <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah uh and then there's the, of course dream the dream hack dallas event which will be in person um i don't really know yeah the format the of that game that is actually pending yeah. i don't i don't have a physical copy of codex two or three and i am trying to get it all of this happened very quickly to be clear all, the, all, this whole entire event uh is coming up on us really fast so there's a little bit of like slapdashedness to it uh we are hoping it carries forward into future uh, events we will we will see we have we have no idea what to expect after these two weeks but uh i don't 100 percent know what the game at dallas will look like maybe we'll have codex two and three and we'll just kind of do like a standard sort of rules as written build or something but i'm i'm not sure uh but yeah that does not uh call to an end our very busy summer obviously immediately after dreamhack dallas will be semis and then the the patreon tournament finals but we're also uh pretty much right after the finals we are we are going to Gen Con, but Gen yeah. Con for us looks a little bit different this year with one uh, especially noteworthy uh, change. Hunter, do you want to talk about what's going on at Gen Con? Yeah, so we will be at Gen Con. Uh, we'll be we'll probably um, if you if you end up competing in the Gen Con tournament, you will probably see us. We'll probably come around and say hi to everybody. Uh, we don't currently have plans to film the Gen Con tournament yeah. this year. Um, we're going to be hopefully getting a lot of interviews and talking to a lot of industry people that we have not been able to talk to in a very long time in person. Yep. Um, however, what, 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 what if you go to Gen Con and you're like, oh, well, I want to do some specific Space Cat stuff. Well, we have made accommodations for you <laughs> in the most, I would say, unlikely way that I would have uh, ever expected. So August 4th, which is the Thursday of Gen Con, of the week of Gen Con, we're actually going to be headlining the uh, upstairs room at the Helium Comedy Club in Indianapolis. This is very close to the convention center. Um, I think you could walk it. Pretty sure you can walk it. Um, the show is going to start at 830. 
it's a $20 ticket. Um, there will be a link to it in the description and you'll, you'll hear us advertise it basically all summer. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's going to be a live episode of the show. Likely, uh, if you're also a fan of old gamers, almanac, um, a show that we happen to like a lot. Yeah. It's a good um, show. We, those, we, 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 we're, we're hopefully booking those guys. Uh, I think, those guys I are think great. We can get them. We, we're, we're in talks with them to possibly have them open for us, um, which they are, you know, they're kind of pricey, but I think we, I think it's worth the expense. Um, so if you're a fan of either show, uh, I think you will really enjoy this and, uh, it's going to be funny. Uh, it's going to be weird. Do we know what we're doing? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> it's, we have till August. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll uh, it will it be out. something interesting. And if you want an idea, maybe, of what it could be, check out our live episode that we recorded like years uh, ago. Yeah. Now. 2019. Yeah. 2019. So long ago. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I will note that Helium Club is extremely walkable. Uh, that, that Helium Comedy Club is literally at the end of the uh, food truck lot. <laughs> like, you right. know, how the, if you've ever been to Gen Con, there's like two blocks of just loads and loads and loads of food trucks you're like on the corner of that you are two blocks away from the convention center itself so you, you do not have to go far to come to this show right um and if you're wondering like why why do a show at a comedy club versus a panel um i'll tell you why for laughter because it's because <laughs> you laugh better because you do laugh better in a comedy club there is a yeah. science involved with comedy clubs yeah uh and also i'm just really excited to do it i've been uh Obviously, I, you know, if, if you've been listening to the show for long, you know that I had been living in Portland and also Matt was living in Portland yep. at the very beginning of the show um, where they have a Helium Portland, which is it's a comedy club uh, kind of franchise. Uh, and I really tight with those people um, performed at that club many, many times and uh, ran some shows there. It's very wild to me that we're going to be headlining a helium yeah it's funny that it's not in portland but uh well, actually that's <laughs> hilarious to me um but it's it's really wild to get this opportunity um and i did not expect them to say yes i yeah, expected them to really say nuts. uh no right. <laughs> and then ignore us forever uh, uh, but they said yes so i guarantee you this will be a a, a blast yeah basically. it is worth noting uh, because this is an actual comedy venue that that show is 21 plus Yes. Uh, but you can get tickets now for $20, or there are reserved seats for $28, or you can split with four people and get it for 60 bucks. So uh, that's like 25% off or whatever. So so if if a bunch of you are all at Gen Con together, y'all can get a four-pack uh, for 60 yes. So It's going to be a really exciting show, and uh, I uh, I can't believe it. It's, it's going to be a really funny night. It'll be a really funny episode. Of course, the... The goal will be to record the episode and it will be in the feed and stuff, but yeah. you want to be there. You want to catch this one live, you yeah. know, you want to, you really want to be good. there for the energy of it. It's going to be really, the, really The fun. live show in 2019 was hilarious and awesome and made significantly better because of a live audience. We need to pack this room out too, y'all. Come on. We can, we can, it's not even like, it's the upstairs room, but let's get everybody in there. I want, I yeah. want standing room only. <laughs> I don't even know if they do that. I don't think sure, they do, but we'll, do for, we'll force it. Let's blow the roof <laughs> off the place. All right. Let's get into some actual episode of Twilight Imperium stuff. Uh, first up, it, we last week we sort of cheated because we did the flagship tournament, which means we didn't do any errata. But we actually we owed some important... We didn't have time. I know. We, we didn't have do... any time. It was already the like a million years long. tournament is an entire production, okay? <laughs> we had like a crew on yeah, it. I got yeah. my hair cut in the interim. <laughs> That's how long the yeah. flagship tournament took. I couldn't even look the same. 
for the yeah. entire process. Hair grew and hair shrunk in the t- yeah. in the t- amount of time that that thing took. So we yeah. have some Calera's uh, errata from our theory crafting the Council Calera's episode. Uh, so let's kick things off with first up, Rando Calrissian uh, corrects us uh, that the Custodia Vigilia, that tech, and the uh, the planet itself comes to you exhausted. We made a, yeah. a, a bunch of notes to say like you get half the value of researching the tech the second you research it. Well, it That's is a planet wrong. that technically the rule of it is all, that they always. It's I, I sometimes forget that Mirage specifically notes that it comes to you unexhausted, and that's why that's right. the only planet in the game that does that. In my brain, I treated Custodia Vigilia the same, but it is not. So you don't get any value out of Custodia Vigilia until the second round. That's not to say that by round three, if you research round one, you haven't then paid for itself, but it's not as immediate as we sort of uh, went nuts on in the episode. Hey, and I'll... I want to say this, though, about Calera's and everything we're about to say. The, listen, this is all errata right now. The uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Codex 3 is is sort of, it, it was kind of, it's kind of an early access game, I would say. <laughs> it's a little bit of a Steam early access program. I, yeah. I'm sorry, Dade. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Don't get it feels like me, some Dade. things might change before. It's a little bit early access. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so there might, some things might shift. I'm not saying this is going to shift. I'm just saying in general, a kind of shiftiness as far as the attitude about everything Codex 3 is probably smart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There you yeah, go. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got one from Absol. I love, always love an Absol errata because you know what it's going to be about. It's lore justifications. This is like a segment we should just have. Here's lore justifications with Absol. Uh, <laughs> the lore reason why IIHQ is a tech and not a commander is mentioned on their faction sheet. So uh, once again, if Hunter and I would just do the ding-dang reading, we would learn no, so much more about no. this game. <laughs> but, but if we do the reading, then we know already, and we don't yeah. get this wonderful yes. moment to be correct. Exactly. That's the whole thing. Is people listen to the show because we get corrected, and yeah. they enjoy that, I think. Uh, they were given the old Imperial Intelligence Building for their headquarters, but it needs to undergo a lengthy and expensive construction process before it's up and running fully. So the cost of the tech is them finally investing enough into their headquarters to finish the construction. Um, also, a minor note, the reason that they have the starting tech that they do, meaning anybody else in the game... Uh, is because they are funded by other factions, so the texts they can get are texts that other factions would have donated. This is uh, just all further evidence of what we sort of talked about in the episode, which is Clara's is very much a lore-first, theme-first faction. So many of the abilities are like, well, it's because a lot of this stuff has been written in the upcoming Twilight Imperium RPG, and so we're actually, like, basing most of this faction just off, like, the the volumes of text that we're all about to get drowned with once that RPG finally releases. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't know. I love I love a theme-first faction, yeah. to be oh, honest. Sure. Those are, like, kind of my my favorite uh, style. I do love, though, that I believe I mentioned this in the, in the episode, but this is also a faction that is so set up in such a specific way that without POK, it doesn't work at all. Yeah. Uh, which will yeah. be hilarious for potential future versions of Twilight Imperium if they don't incorporate all of the same elements. Yeah. It will be funny to see Calaris uh, have to be completely reworked. Right. Or maybe just retired. I don't know. Who knows? Calaris seems like a, like kind of a... A flimsier faction as far as like is this going to stick around in twilight imperium for a long time and i kind of like that aspect of it you know it feels very much like happening with the lore of ti where they're like starting to focus on this like the way forward like we're not writing this game about the past anymore we're like completely writing new stories and calaris is like i mean pok is like a new story and a lot of these things are new things but even some of those are like 
sort of being supplanted as like things that used to exist, the Mahawked and all that. Whereas Calaris are very much just like a, this is a new thing and we're writing it as we go. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get to the next one. This one's by Robofish. Uh, notably, if you buy the first faction tech, which is what we've been talking about thus far, the uh, the IIHQ, which the Custodia Vigilia, yep, which gives you the Custodia Vigilia, right? Um, you cannot be eliminated. That's pretty cool. Wow. <laughs> so another SAR. It's kind of a, an implied uh, faction ability, which is that Calaris is not um, able to be eliminated. It's it's weird that it's you know it should just be written on the sheet. Because you're going to get this tech. I mean, going you're going to get do this. Yeah, you're going to get IIHQ uh, at least for a while until somebody comes up with a reason for that second faction tech to be worthless. There's no real reason not to get the IIHQ on mm -hmm. the way to it. Mm -hmm. Although, who knows? Maybe maybe there will be like a no, you yellow skip to the other tech. I forget what it's called off the top of my head, but you yellow skip to that and then just move on with your life. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's so much. I, I would I would say IHQ is even significantly better than any of the value you're going to get out of agency supply network. The the building it not activated space docks is pretty cool, but just like getting money and not being able to be eliminated is a uh, hey super duper good. <laughs> so I, I don't I know. Do... I li I definitely like the other one better. Oh, it's, gr for sure. it's great. I consider but... the other one essential. Yeah. Uh, yeah. IHQ is. I mean, so who cares if you can't? I mean, because in a situation where you're like, oh, well, I, I would be eliminated except for the fact that I have this planet that no one can take from me. You've been eliminated. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? Like, you're not accomplishing fact, anything else. <laughs> yeah. In fact, if you are in that situation where you're relying on this faction tech to prevent you from be, being eliminated, then actually you're having a bad time yeah. and your support for the throne should be worthless, but still is worth something, which is probably annoying to you. Basically, they're a faction that comes with their own zoo. Yeah. We don't like that. Yeah. I don't want to be in a zoo. Don't put me in a zoo. to having a bad time if things go really, really badly for yeah. you because you have to stick around for the rest of the board game. Don't put me in the zoo is something <laughs> I've said. Uh, Kellogg's says... Uh, I don't remember the name of the agenda, but Calaris could negate the law that disallows bombardment on cultural planets. Uh, that agenda is, of course, conventions of war. So we're talking about the agenda ability. We sort of had like a, a list of agendas that yeah. could potentially be deactivated by Calaris for right. their turn. Uh, so on their turn, they could deactivate conventions of war, and uh, this would allow them to bombard cultural planets if that was important for them to, say, score, make an example, or just if they need the bombardment help for taking a, a ground combat. So that's, that's just one that got left off the list but definitely notable when it has to do also with a secret objective that happens plenty often when because conventions of war very often passes because the against is like not anything anybody ever wants to do and so usually like you are just left with cultural planets being unbombardable and Calaris get to just completely sidestep that yeah yeah it's uh it's just one that we missed i'm sure there's i'm sure there's, there's even like other smaller ones that we could talk about um but i feel like by and large the Calar the Calaris negate law ability gonna come up every once in a while it's not gonna be like an every game thing yep. it's not gonna be an always clutch ability it's one of those ones where once in a blue moon it's gonna get very exciting yeah speaking of tiny other ones jayhan also notes that for whatever reason you could be an absolute monster and you could negate someone else's minister of sciences or minister of industry these are the ones where it's like you can research tech for free or uh when you build a space dock you can immediately build out of that space dock if Calaris has tech and it's their turn, they can deactivate that minister law for the other person who would want to do Jeez. that, which is just oh my God. very cruel. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very mean. You're basically spending a trade good just to make someone else's life slightly harder. However, I don't know. Probably worth it. 
Probably worth it. Yeah. Well, you can at least extort it for the tech one, right? You're saving someone four bucks. You need to spend a buck. You can like find a middle ground there, right? Yep. Give me two bucks and I won't do this hey, or whatever. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I made two and I didn't have to spend one. That seems like a pretty good. And you still you still got tech for two trade goods. That's not bad. Right. right. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, Minister of Commerce would be pretty messed up too, actually, because Minister of Commerce, you make so much money. Yeah. Just by refreshing your uh, commodities. That's true. So if I have trade and I play the trade thing, this is your window to refresh commodities. Although nowadays in POK, you can ways. kind of there's other ways to get your commodities refreshed, but there's not that many other yeah. ways. You know, Man, we've really never talked about how deck. much better that agenda got, huh? <laughs> that agenda is actually like crazy good nowadays, especially for like an Asarl or Hakan who can just turn their uh, their money oh. back on. Like, <laughs> or in a, well, yeah, Asarl with Hakan, Asarl yeah, yeah, yeah. Hakan, yeah, right, could do right. that and would be completely disgusting. Yeah, Minister of Commerce can get out of control. Uh, our last. A uh, little errata here is from Radiskull, and this is something actually a few people talked about. I think Brian contributed to this conversation, but Radiskull says, the extra hero doesn't specify that you have to vote in the way you predict, right? So you could theoretically get six command counters and trade goods, and this is very true. We kind of said the upper limit was five. It's really the upper limit is six in, in a six-player game, and you're gar you can guarantee yourselves one command counter and one trade good because you right. can vote a different way than you do your hero prediction. So there is a floor that is actually uh, at least some amount of value, whereas before I was thinking of it as like a zero to five range. It's actually a one to six range, which is mm, better. I still don't love it, but it's better. Yeah. What it's also important to note that so the the in operation archon, which is what we're talking about. Yeah. It it does kind of so it's it's an it's an after. Um, and the first sentence is you may cast up to six additional votes on this agenda. That's something that's going to happen later. Like that's right. not, you're not casting six additional votes right now. Right. You just now have six extra votes for whenever we get to the time for that. Um, and then your prediction is whatever. So yeah. you assign yourself six extra votes that you're just going to have to spend. And then you do your prediction. And those right. do not, those are not connected. Those are just right. two separate sets. Those two things happen, but they're timings. not, they're not really associated so you can see uh, depending on your speaker order you can see a little bit how this agenda is going to go before right. you start predicting as well as then do your voting you can see like where writers are going to hit and all that before you then assign those six extra votes and whatnot so yeah this yeah. It, it, it's an interesting one it's still i just still don't feel like we're going to see it all that often anyways so it's like sure. the likelihood that it's going to really i mean it's rarely going to even be in games and then is it going to be in games where it really matters that's a that's a tough that's a tough I don't call. know. I don't know. I, I think I think it's going to be yeah. I, I would say give it six months to a year with uh, yeah, with Polaris sure. because I think there's going to be a lot of uh, it's only one new faction, which is kind of interesting. So like, it, you know, it's going to be something ev like everybody's going to want to play this new faction or or does currently want to play this new faction. Yeah. Um, unless you're like hardcore in tournament stuff, in which case you're kind of ignoring it, which yeah. is like <laughs> kind of a hilarious aspect of all of this. Um, but yeah, so. So everybody wants to play this new faction, and there's only one to play. When POK came out, we had seven new That's ones, true. so you could like kind of pick and choose. You could all play a new faction if you yeah. wanted to. There were seven of them. Right. But now, everybody's just in line for this one ride, basically, <laughs> and it's like, well, it's going to take people a long time to get to know this firsthand anyways. Yeah. Not that anyone that listens to this show has a problem with uh, comparing firsthand experience to thirdhand experience. I mean... <laughs> You're all, you know, you're, you're all, all experts at that. You're all very empirical, and that's one of the <laughs> things I love about you.
Well, all right, that, boy, this has been a, a front-loaded first half. I say we take a little break, and then we'll actually get into the meat of this episode, which is talking about the new Nalu Collective after uh, all this new Codex 3 stuff. Welcome back! Okay, uh, so, Hunter, the, the first of our splitting up Codex three into as many episodes as possible uh we're, we're here for uh for part i guess this is actually part two calaris was part one yeah but today the galactic council voted for us to talk about the nalu collective the nalu yes. collective got three new components in this codex but i would say that is not the only stuff that has changed nalu there's some other nope. things to talk about um nope uh, and I want to get the other things first and foremost out of the way. There are eight, I mean, sorry, there are six new exploration cards in the deck, bringing the total up to 20. And almost all of them are pretty good to just fine. One yeah. of them being great. Dead World, just draw a relic is like, that's crazy. Uh, very, well, depends on how you feel about relics, but still, it's like de facto better than a white fragment, right? It is It is just <laughs> straight up better yeah. than some of the other get stuff you can get, get in relic. that deck. Get yeah. a relic. It's going to um, happen. So because the Frontier deck got better, a blue tech across the board is more important. And there was already an argument for Nalu to be a blue tech faction. And that is like now through the roof. We're going to talk about their agent later too in regards to this. But I just wanted to front load like DET and Frontiers are uh, a big deal now. And blue tech is the way forward with Nalu because of how much better this Frontier tech uh, deck got. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people hate DET uh, and call it dark energy trap. Although I guess that's really just one person that says that. It's just Who says quantum. that? I, I haven't even seen. You've referenced this twice now, and I don't. Quantum even know. says that all the time, oh, gotcha. and I don't really know. I don't even really know why. You get a lot of value out of the frontier deck, Quantum. <laughs> Not to spend time in this episode just talking to one specific person, but it is kind of how actually we spend our time on the show a lot of the time. <laughs> um, okay, so let's hear this argument. Not lose blue tech now. Not that hard to believe. Yeah. Um, what's our first component, Matt? Yeah, let's talk about the uh, the mech, which is, I think, the most interesting thing that they got in terms of just like, oh, that's fun. Oh, good. A cool, like just a cool thing for Nalu, which is the Iconoclast's ability has changed from that weird, like, do they have relic fragments? And then you can, like, why am I after people with relic fragments? I don't know. This seems very random. The Icon Iconoclast now is other players cannot use anti-fighter barrage against your units in this system they cannot yeah. use it at all which means yeah. this is first and foremost a hard counter to the argent flight the argent flight not only can't try to like sustain your ships which i mean nalu maybe isn't that often having ships that can even be sustained or whatever but also that uh strike wing alpha 2 ability to kill infantry you have to do anti-fighter barrage to proc that ability which means sure. You literally cancel out Argent Flight as Nalu. But even more than that, everybody at the table cannot force themselves. Like, the, the old answer to Nalu was just like, well, just get Destroyer 2. It's actually really easy to just handle Nalu. You just get Destroyer 2, and you're going to be fine. And that is no longer an answer. So now Nalu has the potential for some late-game uh, plastic that that matters, right? I, I wouldn't say that this is necessarily a hard counter to anything. What this sure. does is means that... Nalu can now be a carrier two faction, right? Without right. that, just having this obvious problem, basically. Right. I mean, any any carrier two faction was going to have the issue of, well, what about destroyer two? Now, not every faction likes going for destroyer two, so it's not like carrier two was already um, awful. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, 
Nalu's whole punchy thing is just that their fighters hit a little bit better. So if you have a bunch of them, that's a lot of dice you're rolling and the, and the fighters are better. Yeah. So now Carrier 2 doesn't have this issue because all we got to do is have one mech just coming along. Right. But I will say this. It does make me feel like Carrier 1 is not going to be enough, basically. No. If we got yeah. a, if we, three fighters and a mech, that's not, no. that, that's not a fleet, basically. Right. So yeah, I, I do feel like Carrier 2 is going to be the upgrade for Nalu going forward with uh, obviously throwing in Hybrid Crystal Fighter 2 sometimes will be useful. Throwing in Dread 2 sometimes will be useful. We start with the yellow, and if That's we true. end up going to blue for Carrier 2, guess what? We got Dread 2 as well. Yeah. Um, so I think Neuroglave, yeah, is probably... Oh, we yeah. should probably have a Viking funeral for Neuroglave. Right, Glaive. it Goodbye. was already on the way out, and yeah, this sealed its fate, huh? I didn't even think of that, but... Blue, like we we just talked about frontier is better so like we want det that lets us get our hyper crystal fighter 2 we probably want gravity drive for our carriers a three movement carrier 2 sounds uh very nice with all of the things that we can do mm -hmm. uh and yeah that just means there's too much tech we need to get uh that is not rushing down green uh so Neur neuroglave even though kind of a cool tech it'll start to become this like I think if if and when we see Neuroglave in tournaments, it'll be like, oh, that person's doing something pretty strange. I wonder how that'll play out for them. But the, the norm is definitely going to be Blue Tech Carrier 2 and all that. Yeah, probably. I mean, not to say that that wasn't the norm already. I just feel like yeah. Nalu, since the release of POK, has just been, been kind of lost. Right. Where when anyone tells me anything at yeah. all, actually, right. about Nalu... Yeah. I just ignore it. Well, I was it, even it, advocating for like, I don't know. I, I think you just at least got to get fleet logistics. And I don't even know if you do anything else. Like I, I like I, it was very much a big question mark. And, and at least now there's like a solid kind of logic to why you're getting what you're getting. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think because of this, we're going to see a lot of shallow blue, uh, Nalo play, which is yeah. fine. Um, and just kind of normal, but yeah, right. I, the iconoclast, I think it's a genius fix. I think this is, Definitely what the mech should have always been. Yeah. Uh, that it's it's funny that they're the, <laughs> AFB has been kind of the underrated aspect of the game since TI4 base game came out. I remember yeah. it took and and maybe that's that might be bias on mine and yours behalf. There might be a lot of people that were like, I knew AFB was good right. from the very beginning. That's fine. Right. We didn't. Um, my point is that to me, it's felt like something that has just become more and more important. Yeah. As time has gone on, people have been like, oh, Destroyer 2 is a great um, upgrade. We now finally got a faction that very specifically works with, with AFB and has AFB-based abilities. So it makes sense that finally we would get an AFB neutralizer. Right. And the Nalu, I think, is the perfect faction for us. So yeah, I think this is... Uh, I, I Good job, Dane. Point yeah. to Dane. Yeah, point I to like Dane. this one. One one point, Dane. One uh, point to Dane. <laughs> uh, next up is their commander got updated. Uh, Maban has a new unlock, which actually, if you're just reading the the actual codex like PDF, you don't you don't see that unlock. Uh, you have to pull up the actual printable cards to see that the back of this card has changed. So it's notable to point out it is no longer the old unlock. The unlock is to have ground forces in or adjacent to the Mechatol Rex system, which that's very different than what it was before and very strange, honestly, but much easier 
and kind of yeah. part and parcel with what Nalu wants to do, which is like, Nalu would really love to go for Custodians. You are guaranteed first action round two with your zero token. Uh, if anything, we had Nalu was in such a dire position, we were talking a lot about actually give out Gift of the Prescience and give up your zero token round two and uh, maybe don't be a Custodians faction. But uh, Nalu has turned back into a Custodians faction, mm. and part of it is... Uh, we'll get to the agent is the big reason why. But yeah. anyways, the the commander, it's not like it's the most important ability, which I'm about to read. But uh, it is worth noting that that unlock is quite easy. Just get a carrier with a like you don't even need planets there. Just park stuff adjacent to Mechatol for a turn or whatever, and you will unlock this commander. But here's the here's the ability. At any time, you may look at your neighbor's hands, your neighbor's hands of promissory notes, mm -hmm. and the top and bottom card of the agenda deck. So we sort of replaced the old agent where you could look at an agenda right after you revealed an agenda, which was always like an awkward kind of gross timing. And now it's just like you get to know what's coming next at any point. You can always look at the top. You can also always look at the bottom just to see what someone like got rid of. You can know if econ economic equality has been discarded or whatever, stuff like right. that. So that's just sort of nice. The promissory note thing is even weirder. And our hero did not change so our hero is still this action to take a promissory note from everybody but now we have perfect information of what everybody has and we can have a slightly more informed decision of when we may maybe want to pop that hero it's still not a very important or big deal hero nalu doesn't need a late game power they have one which is the zero token so like none of this bothers me that much and is further reason why like the commander is not a very important thing to unlock right away but i do think you will just in doing what Nalu's will probably start doing all the time. You'll just unlock it because it's part of your plan. Right. And also it's not, I mean, it's not really an ability to rush for, like Matt right. was saying. It's just, it's not, it's, I, I would say it's not even a super interesting ability. We're about no. to get to the agent and that is really the killer, the killer app now. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, um, I, can I just put, I just kind of want a PSA right now. Okay. Let's just, we we're talking about this commander. Mm -hmm. Let's just take a second. Okay, everybody get in here. Everybody get in here. Even the people that weren't listening yeah. that well. You know what I mean? Some people just have this on. Maybe you're falling asleep. Wake up. Hey, okay? if you're listening, yeah, you're listening to it on like double speed. Cr crank it down. Listen to us drunk here for a second. We need R to bring it down to one times 1.0 speed. This commander, this commander Mabon thing. You can look at your neighbor's promissory notes. You can look at the top and bottom of the agenda deck. You can do this anytime. Yeah. You can do this as many times as you want. Let's just say that you could spoil the entire game with this ability. Yeah, you could be very annoying. <laughs> and let's just not. How about this? <laughs> let's just not. Let's just all as a community make a conscious choice to work with this this ability mm -hmm. and not against it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, Nalu can have a notebook, a la House Atreides in, in Dune. Dune. Yeah. And if you're trying to do a promissory note swap, and you don't let you're trying to do it on the sly and not let Nalu Collective know about it. Can you just save yourself some time? Because other if you do that, if you do that, then Nalu is going to start looking at your hands spontaneously all the time, and yep. we're just going to get like, oh, I need. And and you know what's funny? This is actually for the first time. This is an ability that I think is easier to resolve in real life yes. than it is in TTS or, or or tabletop playground because you got to in in the digital space. You gotta shrink your. You gotta. You gotta put your hand into a deck. You gotta put it on on the. Yeah. You know, play area. You gotta let Nalu look at it. 
It's a little cumbersome. In real life, you just hand your your deck of cards over. Yeah, your, in real life, hand. you just set it out like near your home. It's like, here's my promissory stack. It sits next to my home system. Right. I'll check it whenever I want. You check it whenever you want. Whatever. Yeah. But even yeah. that is like annoying. <laughs> just, right. just let Nalu into the room whenever yes. you're doing promissory note swaps and just let them know stuff. It will save all of us hours of our lives over the next however many years we play with this yep like yeah just do that just and and nalu you get a little notepad out and you just write down what everybody has and everybody's job down. is to update you when that changes yep yeah just that's what i'm saying is like it's not to me the the long-term man uh ramifications of trying to play around Maban is probably not worth it. I know what's worth it when it comes to this type of play. Okay, <laughs> we've talked about some of this stuff before. There was that minister play we talked about yep. a couple episodes ago. That was amazing, okay? There's some real human stuff you can do in this game that's great. Trying to play around this commander is not one of them. Just tell, <laughs> just tell Nalu when you make a transaction that involves promissory notes so Nalu can look at what you've traded, okay? Yep. Let's not bog the game down any further. Right. Okay, that was my PSA. Thank you, Hunter. That was important and and needed. And I, that's not a joke. Like I'm I'm so glad you said that because I'm not looking forward to tournament games where we have to sit here and watch people, especially as we transition to tabletop playground and people are going to be even more like a bit cumbersome for like like yeah. oh I don't yeah. quite remember the hot key for that. Just don't just don't do any of that stuff. Just tell them everything. It's just an tell o- them. it's open information. They can do it anytime. There's literally no reason to be weird about it. You're just right. being mean at that point. You're just being right. mean to your friend. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like again, yeah, it's it's just it's in the interest of of speediness. Yep. Uh, I I know. I when I know what it looks like when there's a component introduced in the game that's going to make the game take longer and I'm pointing at this commander, yeah. Yeah. pointing right at it. Okay? Yeah. I've identified my opponent and I will slay him. <laughs> All right, last up is the big dog. Uh, big dog is Zayu, the agent of the Nefish. And it is, so the old agent was like bottom tier trash. Just, well, I don't even remember what it was. What, it oh, was like, look at it was what agenda. we were just describing. You can just look at a next agenda after an agenda's reveal or uh, what? Yeah, it was reveal. like a worse version of the commander. It was basically yeah, the action card insider information. Exactly. Basically. It was exactly that. And it was just like, oh, is this ever even useful? And it was like a thing that like Nalo had to waste time doing too. Like, oh, oh let me go look. Let me read the next one. while we, bleh. Okay. This new agent is ridiculous and it solves a lot of things for Nalo because Nalo's issue recently had been your early game is actually trash. Uh, Nalu had become one of the only factions that still has a very difficult time solving their one carrier start. Yeah. Most factions can like very easily get two carriers and take a bunch of planets and whatever. Yeah. And yeah. and warf- uh, 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 Nalu could do that if they got warfare. And beyond that, like beyond warfare round one, Nalu had no good answers and almost never scored round one and was in a bad position. Enter Zayu. As an action exhaust this card and choose a player you're going to choose yourself uh, every single time probably unless it's like round five wind slaying but round one especially mm-hmm. choose yourself mm-hmm. that player may perform a tactical action in a non-home system without placing a command token that system still counts as being activated that is ridiculous this is among the best agents in the entire game now. Yep. Uh, Nalu's yep. round one is perfectly solved. If you can also solve your second carrier problem, you can take three systems round one. You can send your carrier yep. out with this without Fill activating. Out your whole slice. 
Yeah, you can fill out your whole slice as Nalu now. Uh, do you... That that could still leave you pretty empty. Like, there is still an answer to Nalu, right? You, you're taking a bunch of planets, but then you're leaving a lot behind that's, like, c- completely empty. So there's going to still be some early game pressure on Nalu. Pr- yep. Deservedly so, because this agent happens every single round and is a big deal. Uh, but it it's, it's a warfare pull plus movement, like, all in one action. Like, you move right. and don't use a token at all. And it's an action. So, I mean, in so I would say that in a situation like this, I, I probably want to warfare stall Nalu so much more yeah. than I would have cared before, to be yeah. honest. Like, right. Because it's like what you were saying, Matt. In, in base game, there were basically two types of factions. There were factions that had a two-carrier start and factions that had a one-carrier start. Right. If you had a one-carrier start, then you were kind of at the mercy of the strategy cards round one. What was nice, though, is that there were actually a lot of factions that fit that mold. So generally, people played really nice in round one because there were multiple factions that had needs. Yeah. Now, the amount of factions that start with one carrier and don't have a way to, like, fix that problem easily is very low. And Nalu might, yeah, might basically be the last one. Yeah. And this is their answer to that problem. Because it's basically like, once POK came out and all of the new... um, all the, all the, I'll just call it new money. Once all that <laughs> new money flowed into the game, basically Nalu was the only one left with this old disadvantage yeah. that suddenly was a gigantic disadvantage now. Yeah. Because now no one else has this problem. Nalu You're was left holding the issue. bag of the crypto yeah. scam that was bait scam, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Nalu was heavily in, in Dogecoin. And now Dogecoin has gone out. It's, it's done. Dogecoin's over. I don't even know if Dogecoin is one Who of the... Cares? I don't care. It's I don't care. I don't care. Don't, just don't bother me with, your, with crypto. Just don't tell me about it. Um, another PSA, real quick. Just yeah. don't tell me about it, basically. Um... Yeah, now here's their answer. Now I'll I'll say this: uh, you probably you probably don't stall Nalu out of warfare with this because this is right. we, we're talking. This is solving the problem of oh, am I going to be able to take two systems? Yeah, I'm going to be able to take two systems, right. and it is an action. So that okay, well now the round's going to take longer for me. So warfare stalling me is going to be harder. Right. So how do you keep them from getting that second carrier and then sending that and filling out their entire slice round one? I honestly don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You gotta go hit him, basically. I, I mean, I think I do think round him. two. Nalu and Winu, I earnestly think, are in a similar camp now. Winu has this crazy swing potential, right, in the late game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've learned that, like, that can be negated. Like, if you keep Winu off of control objectives, you can generally keep them in line, but you do have to punch them often. Uh, right. And then if you get one of those unlucky games where there's just no control objectives, then, like, you, you're really in trouble and you gotta do something. Nalu doesn't have that problem, but you have to keep their scoring potential in mind because again, they will always have that zero token in the late game. And now they have this like unimpeachable thing that they can do like this. They can just activate. They can move twice. They can move one carrier twice every single round. And that's why we talked even more too about carrier two is even better because if it's a gravity drive carrier two, that's three movement and then three more movement later. Like Nalu can get across the map and do stuff, right? Nalu is a threat to late game control objectives. They can do mm-hmm. a lot of stuff these days. Yeah, and also, I mean, you bring... So so suddenly, again, it's like this type of thing where like it's sort of shifted from being bad to good. Suddenly, Nalu uh, has two trade ships, which was kind of useless when it was like, oh, well, we'd rather have a carrier. Yeah. In our first action, though, we can agent and move carrier, fighters, infantry, right. and like one of those trade ships, 
And now that trade ship has basically a bonus movement. That's true. Yeah, as yeah. far as getting you into that kind of critical space of making yeah. some money. Because the other problem with Nalu has always been we have uh, what a 3-1 in our home yeah. system and then an 0-2. Right. But if we can trade round yeah. one, we've got... Like that, it's a great deal. Yeah. That's a huge point, Hunter. I, I literally hadn't even thought of that, but yeah, uh, the common first action for Nalu is going to be moving every single ship forward because you're not activating anyway. Yeah. You pop the Why agent, not? Move every sing every single thing forward, and then those destroyers can get three away from home or cruisers, whatever yeah. it is. They can get three away from home, whereas they would have only been able to get two. So, like a wormhole in Nalu's slice is like a game changer for them because yeah. they're going to find neighbors no matter what now. For sure. So yeah, this this is and, and this is one of those things like, you know, it's it I'm I'm taking a long view. I'm not just looking game by game. I'm just saying like overall, this yeah. is gonna help Nalu uh in in many different games to get that one more movement that they needed in order to get into a position to be able to trade yep. if they are not, you know, holding trade or whatever. And even if they're holding trade, now we're talking about all the situations where they can potentially have more trade partners round one than they yep. would have. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, this is this is gigantic. Another another latent kind of Nalu thing is that they start with an O2 planet. The right. one trade good is another command, command counter. counter. That's true. Forget about the fact that now, you know, they're essentially getting uh, a command counter's use on the house with no drawbacks. Right. If we are also regularly getting an extra command counter round one, regardless of whether we have leadership or not, that's amazing. Yeah. That's very good. That's very, There's very like, good. Yeah. That's that is that is a uh, potentially taking this faction from the bottom of the barrel to competing with the top. Yeah. Now I won't be so bold as to say that that Nalu is now all the way up at the tippity top. It, we're gonna have to see how this shakes out. Sure, but this ability is easily the most game changing ability that Dane has introduced in a kind of Omega type yeah. way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. What compares to this? Right. When, when you got big changes in POK, in POK but Nalu's but just I'm... getting, Nalu's getting a codex full scale yeah. rehaul, basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, this, this is, this is an Omega. So, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I think this is even why, this is why Nalu was selected uh, in the Galactic Council poll is because they yeah. wanted to hear us talk about this agent. This yeah. is what people this are excited it. about. Is this? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's true, yeah. Let's talk about some other implications, which is, yeah, okay, we can we can move everything forward. We can do a bunch of trade ships, trading round one. Obviously, that means the the critical problem with Nalu was they weren't scoring round one, right? That that was mm -hmm. almost always happening. And in games where a lot of people score round one, which is pretty common, it's actually quite rare that like almost nobody scores round one these days. You still see it, but it's it's less common. It really depends on the objectives that come. It's out. a lot of the same objectives you see that people yes. can't score around right. one. Two tech so, and two colors know. is just like yeah. impossible for almost everybody. Um, so what what we can see though now is Nala's going to make a bunch of money, take way more systems, so they can definitely do a lot of objectives around one. Mm -hmm. And depending on their slice makeup, if you've got that highway to Mechatol, this is what we were talking about earlier. Nalu's like game plan is basically written for you now you you have to if you're gonna do this this is where the like meta thing comes in of like how bold do you want to be and then get slapped down for your boldness but like if you've got planets in both the systems on the path to mechatol you can move forward and then move adjacent to mechatol within round one and then you have the zero token round two like you're guaranteed custodians if nobody else 
can take it round one. If, if you don't have any of those factions that can take custodians round one, mm-hmm. Nalu, every single game can take custodians round two if they want to. Yeah. Now I you mean, would I, need I, some of the, you need the influence to make it happen, but you've got that zero sure. two at home, like Hunter said, and you're probably making money now. Like you're probably making trade goods. So you should have the funds to go take Mechatol in round two. So that means we're scoring round one and we're getting an early guac out the gate. All of that accounts to like huge deal for them, but also they still have that plastic problem. Again, we're moving our stuff twice, not building more stuff to move to more places that's like securing everything we have. So I do think you're going to see Nalu is like the number one. We have to talk about Nalu. Also, uh, here's the only thing that I'm going to add as like a little addendum to what you just said. I think that if we're talking about round two first action, Mechatol Rex custodians takers yes i think nalu is very very good at that suddenly suddenly that's like their their thing yeah i i'm not sure this agent is enough to make them a round one mech no no definitely not because you you don't start with the blue tech you're not getting gravity you're not getting the movement to get there you would need like a lucky politics draw definitely not saying that this is a de facto first action round two custodians kind of faction i mean if we do want to christmas land it and i guess we will it would be uh, blue skip round one with with the tech, or uh, and and that would mean that we would have to have Diplo in play as well. Um, and then I don't know, maybe we have the tech card and we somehow make uh, enough money to get DET and Grav Drive or Anti Mass and Grav Drive, and then yeah. somehow we also have six influence. That's pretty ridiculous. Um, I just heard myself say it though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't love it. Again, that's one of those things, too, where you're focusing on the tech and not the plastic to get a big point lead that people yeah. will want to punish you for. So while the the you're right that the Christmas land exists, it's one of those Christmas lands where it's like, you probably shouldn't do that, though. Probably not good for your long-term ventures. I'll say this, too. Those factions that can do round one custodians, in a situation where Nalu is at the table, I keep hoping, I keep saying things like this because what I'm hoping for is for us to eventually have entanglement in Twilight Imperium. <laughs> right. I keep pushing for it. Um, if I am sitting at a table and Nalu is at that table I, and I am not going to be able to take custodians but there is another faction at the table that is not me nor Nalu, obviously, uh, that can take custodians round one, why not help them yeah. do that? I think so. Because Nalu with Guac in the Zero Token is intolerable. Right. Somebody else with Guac, well, I don't know. There's maybe, depending on what faction is, there might Nos- be other I, I ways would, to stop Nosroka and Mahawked are two of our biggest round one custodians getters, right? Those two mm-hmm. with the right tech skips or whatever can do it. Yeah. And I think they're perfectly appropriate. Sar, I understand there being a question mark, right? Sure. Sar can take custodians round one and it's like, uh, Sar or Nalu, pick your poison. I don't know. They both suck. Uh, but if Mahawked or I, I Nosroka or Jolnar want to go for it, maybe let one of those three try. The, the zero token is absolute. Sar can be eliminated. Right. And 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 fairly often, even in the hands of a very good player, will lose a majority of their plastic going into the late game. Yeah. Especially if the other players are on it. Yeah. If Nalu just has the points, it's like back to the, you know, I don't know if y'all don't remember base game, but Nalu wins are just kind of like, you see it coming, yeah. like miles away. And then it happens with right. certainty. Because right. that zero token, you can't do anything to it. You can't right. like, oh, well, we did this. It basically just becomes take their home system or get out. Yeah. And 
you know, I will say this, the prevalence of now that Lightwave is kind of, um, I don't know, you just get, I mean, people just get it. It's, it's one of, it's yeah. a very researchable tech these days. Right. Um, that's good. And it's good that Nalu has a two planet home system, but I wonder if we're going to see a return of the dominance of, of the zero token. And, yeah. and if the late game Nalu win is going to be that kind of like slow motion, mm -hmm. just like train keeps a chugging and we're just looking at it and being like, well, uh, this one's going to be a Nalu win. And then sure yeah. enough, it is. Yeah. I, I will know. say, I, I think we've seen the meta do a decent job at like handling Winu and handling some factions that are like that. I think you still see certain factions people struggle to like entangle with, but I think Nalu can be kept in line if you start early enough. And so like Nalu's neighbors will have very important jobs to do because you do yeah. need to keep Nalu's plastic situation in check so that you can uh, mess with them in the final round or whatever. Um, but the difficulty in that is the idea that this agent has like a lasting effect. The problem Nalu used to have was they would have a really bad round one. They would get maybe two planets in their entire slice. They would just get two planets and that's it. That's all they could accomplish. Um, I think you can usually get the second carrier, but still, you could have a really bad round one Nalu. That has a snowball effect on the rest of your game where Nalu just never gets off the ground. With Nalu getting off the ground, they also have that money for longer. You know, if they fill out their entire slice round one and aren't checked on that they have a lot of money in round two to build a lot of plastic and suddenly solve kind of their worst problem so i, I think the go-to play for nalu is like yeah get as much of that stuff as you can but round two is spent hopefully easily scoring a point and secondarily get your plastic on the board and focus on that round two and three and right like you cannot fall behind a plastic because the table needs to be keeping you in check like they, they can't just let you slide you don't still have like you're not jolnar with all these tools to sort of like talk people out of attacking you right you don't sure. like all you have is the gift of the prescience and three commodities that's not and like if you give that up then you give up your your late right. game advantage yeah get, um, gift of the prescience has gone back into the toilet in terms of like things that are worth trading we were making a big case for it being like maybe you do because you're so desperate you're not right. desperate anymore don't you dare give that thing out yeah yeah we we can we can definitely retract that prior recommendation um one sentence or it's not even really a sentence it's a fragment in in this uh agent discussion that I want to talk about is the, are the words that system still counts as yes. being activated. I hate this. <laughs> um, You're the only person then probably, but go well, ahead. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. Let me clarify. I don't, I, I, <laughs> I think it's um, good as far as like, this is a good clarification. Um, I just hate sentences like this sure. in the game. Yeah. Uh, in that, I, I, when I read stuff like that, it uh, makes me feel like maybe this is just a dumb game. Um, <laughs> right. And that's a game you might can, be too in dumb. the writing of it, you can feel Dane going, oh, whoop, uh, mm, oh, whoopsie doodle. Uh, yeah. uh, 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 this. And the system is still to being activated. <laughs> I don't want to break five or six different things. Yeah. So <laughs> it's honestly, it's what. It's what wasn't done with Gama Mama, right. which is why we got to that hilarious moment where we realized ceasefire didn't work for Gama Mama. But now, of course, ceasefire does work because all it takes is Dane and Milty having a summit and then yeah. deciding, you know, re <laughs> rewriting, you know, the Bible or yeah. whatever. So um, to, to your point, then, Hunter, like you just said, this means support for the throne and ceasefire still still proc. There was without that sentence, you could just fight through a support for the throne and not lose it. Or you could just yeah. dodge a ceasefire altogether because you weren't activating the system. But essentially, Nalu activates without placing a token. You, you declare an activation in a system, basically. Yeah. 
Yeah, and other other abilities that are like um, dependent on an activated system. Yeah, will all trigger stuff like that. Um, I assume you can do a flank speed with this. Right. I mean, it says that system counts as being activated, so right. I would imagine flank speed is still useful. Right. Um, what's the, the one that gives space? You... Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's the trade goods one that you get when somebody Rally. activates you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Counterstroke stuff like that. All right. of that still works off of the Nalu agent. Actually, this is kind of a rare. Like, I'm glad that is in there because it's now. Or there's a lot of stuff in Codex Three that is not clarified fully yet. Yeah, but it does feel like this agent. I get it, and I don't have any... And if you have any questions, actually, if there's stuff that you still don't understand about this agent, please uh, please yeah. throw it in the uh, Discord channel right. uh, about this episode. But yeah, very interesting. Single-handedly re rewritten the uh, Nalu. Yep. Although, I'll give the mech a little credit, too. That mech is going to be a potent late-game fixer yeah. for Nalu. Yeah. So. Um, I'll, I'll also note one other thing here, just to sort of circle back to the point I started with. Uh, it, this... this agent being like a move without activating that's also partly what makes det even more sort of favorable for the nalu like think about the empyrean's agent which is like i activate an empty system but then i get that token right back that is mm -hmm. essentially what nalu is doing so nalu as a frontier faction has like a baked in economy for that like round one you're probably not doing det shenanigans you're probably taking no. your whole slice but round two three and four you may not have super important things to do with this agent in terms of taking planets it might just be a free det i send my destroyer out there and then i can move it again somewhere else or do whatever i want with it like i, I do think that this bakes in an inherent det blue tech uh factor to the to the faction i think there's an aspect of that i mean we're taking we're taking pro uh more det tokens than Maybe Empyrean can even manage. Um, I do feel like it'll get used turn one a lot by Nalu to position their um, their plastic in a, a not great place with the option of like getting out, basically. I, I love that it's like a non-committal move right, right at the top. And remember, we, we don't see its use a lot, but Nalu still has the best retreat in the game. Right. Meaning like I can use this to turn one, just sneak into, all right, I went there. What? Yeah. What happens? You know, what do you, what do, you and do it's about like, that? <laughs> if if uh if you want to come over, that's okay. Okay, I can just retreat out, right? You know, um and and retreat out in such a way that it's like before anything bad happens to me, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I I think there's a lot of lot of interesting use cases for it. Um. I think uh what I'm excited for is to see someone sell it for the first time. Yeah. That will be a like <gasps> it's being sold. I mean, it's a big Winslay thing, right? Like it definitely mm -hmm. has a place in like a round four, round five scenario where it's like, well, I don't need to use it, but you know what? Mahawk can Benedict and then move and then move again, and then that's how we take out Sar, right. or that's how we right. take out Jolnar's home system or something like that. That makes a lot of sense. Something else that just occurred to me is round two that custodians take, we can send a carrier and uh, an infantry to Mechatol without activating it and then second action get out <laughs> like get back right. immediately yep. just abandon the Mechatol experiment and be I like think we'll I got my lot. point and I'm done and I'm out yep. and I don't care about it and I'm just reinforcing my slice and I'm going to sit here the rest of the game like that's very possible yeah sounds like a way to get around uh, Muat or uh, yeah I don't know any any uh, factions that come to Mechatol Rex in force instead right. of just sending the lone carrier um God, I just had a flashback. Do you remember there was like an episode a long time ago where I would be like, I don't know if it's worth it to send 
a carrier and an infantry <laughs> to pick up custodians. I can't yeah. believe that you some of the that. stuff we used to say on this show. Yeah. Wow. And that I mean, weird. I'm sure I can't believe some of the stuff we still say on this show in the future. You know, <laughs> we're never the cutting edge of this yeah. game. You oh, know what I sure. mean? We're never that. Um, we'll never be God, smart enough so for funny. this game. It's impossible. Yeah. Some well, someone out there is smart enough for this game, but it ain't. It'll never be me. I have a list of of names it's yeah li i mean it's literally only like 30 people in the whole world you know what i mean I have I, we have a list of 600 names and i can tell you mathematically which one of them definitely know how to play this game and uh -huh. it's really only about 30 people yeah. i mean it's great it's a great i would maybe people, argue but... it's only the deft piper we'll see i mean we'll That's... see but it's like maybe just the deft piper is the only person smart enough to play this game <laughs> That might be right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this has been a fun one. Yeah. All righty. Well, uh, I feel like that wraps up a, a, an important Nalu discussion. The rest is we'll have to see. This is essentially a theory crafting new Nalu episode. Yeah. That's, that's all yeah. we can really do here today. But I'm very excited to see how the agent is going to work. I guess I'll use this as a, a platform and an opportunity to say uh, the semifinals we have decided will be codex three but without Calaris. we don't really want to yeah. bring in the new faction it's kind of messy even though our draft actually like perfectly solves for Calaris. we could include Calaris, but there's too many other rules questions to Calaris that yeah. we just don't want to have to deal with every single time Calaris is in a game although that would probably only end up being like once in the semis anyways i just don't want to do that but yeah. all this other stuff is clarified enough that like extra hero nalu yin changes the new frontier deck all of that codex 3 stuff will be in the semis and the finals right right so if you want to see gameplay of that um be sure to check out every semi-final game um we don't have the lineups or the times yet but we are working on it yep. we have our our group of 36 players a lot of exciting new faces a lot of exciting old faces yeah. Uh, it's amazing so, to me how many like there's a, there's a ton of new faces that have been very very fun to learn about and see and it is crazy how some of it is like recent winners but also like old go like mantis is in the semifinals. where has mantis been it for for years now in terms of tournament bad play street bad is before. over for <laughs> yeah, mantis exactly. i guess um yeah i don't know it's it's yeah it's a really uh i think healthy mix of old and new yeah uh that yeah it's gonna be really exciting to see them all uh face off right um yeah and we've got uh you know we've got even some people we've got returning semifinalists from last year i feel mm -hmm. like each year has a healthy mix of people well, that are to me this is, the, the proof is in the pudding in terms of like people who maybe think pok is less skill-based like if that's if, if you've if you've seen reviews out there and people are like pok is really random or whatever like i feel like we have the proof now because we've seen not only did we see a bunch of people continue to succeed in uh, last year's Invitational, like we we had three immediately recurring finalists in the Invitational, but then this year we have a bunch of previous semifinalists, like from last year. People that are good at this game are good at this game, and it's not yeah. just random that they make it. Oh, and you rounds. can tell they're good at the game too. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I not to not to throw heat on a newer player as far as the tournament is concerned, but I played a game with the meta. Yeah. Um, in like I don't even I don't even remember when this was. It was like months ago. Yeah. Um, and it was like maybe like a week before the meta's um tournament game. Yeah. And I remember being like, oh, the meta's pretty good at this game. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the then they really won their good, tournament huh? game. It was like, I mean, it's just like kind of like I remember in tournament three in yeah. Teddy's prelim, uh, Teddy Jam's Teddy's Jam for you in yeah. his prelims game. 
I remember messaging you being like, this guy Teddy's pretty good and yeah. w- like could go all the way. Yeah. And then guess what? He won the whole tournament. Like you can see that people are good at this game. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's we, we it's, get that especially with fo- th- this is not like an I mean I'll I'll advertise the Patreon, but this is not explicitly that. But like we get to see like Good Yin Brotherhood. Well, I, I call it Good Yin Brotherhood. I don't know what it's the called Yinsterhood. anymore. The Yinsterhood of travel and vans. Yeah. Uh, we see those players. We see uh, Mama's Lovely Larva and stuff. We play games with them. So those are the players like we get to like see play. So like I had that same feeling with Nerf Zerg. Uh, not too yeah. long ago. I remember seeing Nerf Zerg in a game was like, dang, Nerf Zerg's pretty good. And then Nerf Zerg won their, their prelim. So uh, yeah. It, yeah, it just keeps happening that you, you can just tell when they've got the stuff. What a what a cool! I'm glad that I'm glad we're in the semifinals. I'm glad the prelims are over. All right, that wraps it up for me. I want to thank our weird bears: Big Al Cappuccino, Anvilier, Squeamish Emu, Brassbird, Brian, Kaluin, Dark Jutsu, Goondock, ignoring my PhD, Carnal, Totally Calculating Poet, Kindred Spirit, Alice, Lord Raddington, Bagels, Emlashevsky, Sunfax, Absol, Ricky, M44, Rys, and Fancy Zling, and our mom, Mama's lovely Larva. My son is also named Bort. Tautology is what it is. Frank G, Rekka, Jadim, Jedi, Graxer, Rolo, Uncle Batty, and Teddy's Jam for you. Okay, um, no Galactic Council poll announcement uh, yet. Uh, you'll get one uh, for next week's episode for whatever the uh, June poll is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but Matt, do you have some Homebrewers Guild stuff to talk about? Yep, it's the same about? thing. I I've, I would like to, maybe this uh, prompt is kind of a tricky one because I have not actually seen very much excitement from the Homebrewers Guild to d- design this kind of stuff. So I think I'm going to need to pop in there and start tagging folks and, and maybe get more work on this. It's, it's also just been, my head has been in tournament zone, so I haven't been paying much attention to Homebrewers Guild. But the idea is that we're workshopping a ninth strategy card that can seamlessly fit in with the other eight. If we have to slightly modify some of the other eight, we will do that, but we try to keep them sort of on their same theme. Like, I'm not, like, looking to change the name of construction and change what it does entirely. I just want a ninth strategy card with the idea being to introduce a way to... Uh, reveal more public objectives in the game. That's the goal. Last time we did my style of homebrew, we did 444. It felt pretty good, but there were some other things I'd like to try out. This is a goal to have more and more and more objectives on the board within rounds and get to stage twos even faster because to me that feels like a really good way to see tournament play sort of uh, get expedited or whatever. The the faster you get a stage two out there, a lot more dynamic things can happen. So that's sort of the goal. Is like how can we like get to the stage twos faster by utilizing a ninth strategy card. So that's what we're trying to come up with, and we will have a stream with that pretty soon. Our schedule is super swamped, but uh, I, yep. I think we'll be able to squeeze it in kind of during the semis or maybe like right after the semis before the finals. So this might be a one of those delayed homebrewers guilds, but we are we are trying to get to it. Um, but the next two weeks are as you heard at the top of the show, quite madness. accounted for. Yeah. Yeah. Total madness. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, hey, you can rate this show on your podcast app of choice, especially Apple Podcasts slash iTunes and also Spotify. You can check out our website uh, for access to our Patreon, Twitter, Discord, merchandise, and also have a little taste of etc. Yeah, a little, a little, et cetera. I want to plug the, the Titans shirt. I did this in, so Community Plays TI, Hunter, you and I, are on the same team in Community Place TI. It's crazy. And that team is the Titans, and we have a killer Titans of all shirt yep. on our merchandise store that yep. our amazing artist Sun Sanders it made. Owns. It's a Titans wearing like Gundam armor. It yep. rules. And so I want everybody in the Titans team to, you know, you got to rep your team. You got to get the, the official jersey of Community Place TI Titans, right? 
Yeah, yeah, you gotta get it. Uh, that Titans <laughs> shirt is uh, amazing. I'm just hawking um, shirts out here. All right. Hey, yeah, you can yeah, also you're send the Imperium life stories to Space Cats Peace Turtles at gmail.com. This one is from uh, Toby Likes Food. I was playing as the Yin Brotherhood pre-Codex 3, holed up in a mountain fortress on Magi's Madness map, and it was a 12-point game. After an overextension with Warfare Round 2 taking Mechatol, which that's a rarity for Yin in itself. Anyways, I was looking to lock down round three with a late round hero pop. With my commander, plus Yin Spinner, and Primor online, I prepped and ended the round with 58 infantry, 26 of which were on Primor with my forward space dock. And then the round three agenda, colonial redistribution destroy each unit on the elected planet then the player who controls that planet chooses one player with the fewest victory points that player may place one infantry from the reinforcements on the elected planet i watch as my allegedly friendly cabal neighbor pays airy hollow argent for their alliance to push this for primor and boom goodbye all of my brothers then the round four agenda Ixthian Artifact. Boom! I lose another 16 brothers, largely due to the same Cabal player. Round 6. I'm at 9 points, leadership in hand, 2-pointer spendy on lock, and my secret in hand is Brave the Void. I send the huge van and a destroyer at the massive Cabal fleet above Hope's End. Four dreads and carriers and fighters. I promptly boom back and use my agent to get two fighters with Fighter 2 successfully braving and ruining Cabal. I then use the fleet logistics to rebuild the van at home. So, uh, a lot of plastic. A lot of plastic destroyed <laughs> in that game. Not a bit. The, the, the Yin's own 42 infantry lost two agendas, but then uh, returning the favor to Cabal with a, a lovely little huge van there. Uh, thank you, Toby Likes Food. Uh, you don't see very many Yin uh, <laughs> plays of the week, especially pre-Codex 3, so I'm, no. happy to, I'm happy to have one. Definitely not. And also, it's kind of a good uh, saying goodbye moment there yeah. because <laughs> Yin will never be the same either. Right. Um, their entire leader suite has been redone, and I'm excited to talk about that in a future episode. Definitely. Yeah, um, that, that one will take a bit more time to get. I, I've not even seen people, even with New Yin, I'm not seeing people that excited <laughs> to play Yin still, even though I, I, I think they're pretty excited, but I'm, I'm looking forward to trying to get a game in with them so that we can start to learn a bit more about their new thing. I think that Commander is pretty... Uh, pretty cool if you if you're in the yeah. right games man so, we'll pretty see. cool it's weird that they're like maybe good at tech now yeah they're it's just like a tech faction suddenly that's yeah that, that rules yeah yeah okay that's and then the episode ended i guess i think yeah. and then it ended and then it ended uh there the unlock is different too uh now it's uh just use one of their faction abilities basically you use that's devotion or and, and yeah that's good it's a lot better good. yeah sometimes it feels like we shouldn't so much in the show so much as like we should just kind of fade out and yeah. just because we right. probably could just i don't know i mean yeah. we do these episodes are like so long every time it's like right. but it doesn't it, it's not really long because we can't organize our thoughts or or like i think it's just long because 
we've talked about this yeah. one game so much right we could just keep doing it we don't never we don't we never actually we, turn the mics off we just like i choose a point at which to start editing but then we're like still talking like while i'm editing and we just kind of it just like never it's like in the 70s when songs used to always fade out and you don't hear that anymore you don't hear game uh -huh. you don't hear it's like they're just jamming and you you happen to tune in for a minute while the band was jamming and then you and then you fade it out that doesn't happen anymore but i think we're bringing it back in podcast form we're like fish but if fish talked about the strategy board game Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>